And welcome back to the Something's Brewing Podcast. This is episode 33. 33. The Zedano Chara episode. See, baby. Dude, you know what? I was just looking down the list of every other guy in Bruins franchise history who's worn number 33. There is not one significant player who's worn the number 33 outside of Zedano Chara. I was going to ask, is there like literally anybody... Uh, in uh, like hockey history, who's worn in 33? I was going to say actually, sports history, but Larry Bird was 33. I think Dion Lewis was 33, was he? I think so. But, I mean, Anson Carter also wore 33. Hanu Toivinen also <gasps> wore 33. Hanu Toivinen was 33? Yeah. I should have yeah. known that, dude. He's my favorite. Yeah, dude, the year uh, he was here uh, for one year in 2006, and then obviously Char came in 2007 and said thank you very much and took I the number thought- 33 and ran with it. I thought Toyman was a real deal, man. Mm-hmm. And I hardly remember that because I was like, you know, in kindergarten or first grade, whenever the hand with Toyman <laughs> experience was. But man, I loved him. Didn't they send him to Buffalo? Um, No, St. Louis. But he only played oh, his career God. lasted three years. Uh, Hanu Toyman, 61 games played. Uh, uh, he was 18 and 24. Um, with a save percentage of 890 and a goals against average of 337. So, the yeah, but he looked an experience, dude. He looked pretty good doing it, though. He, he did. Was the, yeah, he, he did. He had style points. He was the original f- crease flopper before Tim Thomas came along. That dude was, and his pads, too, were yellow as hell. Speaking of pads, did you see Keith Kincaid in Colorado yes. the other day? Yes, dude. That honestly broke my heart a little bit. And it's, I wasn't even thinking about him, but uh, I was watching the game just because it was on TV. And I looked and I was like, who is this dumbass wearing gold? Oh, my God. Keith Kaiser just got sent to Colorado. And then, and then it like clicked. I was like, oh, wait, Keith Kaiser's out there. <laughs> Playing for the uh, Keith, Keith Kincaid. Kincaid. Oh my God! Keith I was Kaiser. Oh, Kaiser. Kaiser. <laughs> <laughs> that could be a real guy. Kincaid. But hey, um, as always, we are brought to you in partnership with the Black and Gold Productions LLC. You can follow them on Twitter at BNG Productions. I'm Mike Sullivan. You can follow myself on Twitter at underscore Mike Sullivan. And Nick is right beside me. And you can follow him on Twitter at Nick Melanson underscore. Uh, we got we got a couple games to recap th- um, on this episode. That is the Flames, Sabers, and Rangers games. Um, obviously, plenty to talk about with Orlov, Taylor Hall, and Nick Felino's injuries. Um, you know, maybe you know we'll touch on some guys maybe taking some rest days in the future to kind of you know save their legs, but. Uh, before we jump into that, I think we should jump right into the Flames game. And uh, Bruins won overtime win, 4-3. to three. Allmark. Um, oh, oh, yeah. By the way, this game, Linus Allmark set the most saves in uh, franchise history in a single game, by the way. He's great. Within the same week that he also scored a goal. 
Yeah, dude is just setting records left and right. Look, he should go out and start taking face-offs, dude. What can't this guy do right now? He should go out and play the lottery. He can buy me Build a couple smash tickets, dude. Yeah. Uh, he had he faced fifty-seven shots. He stopped fifty-four of them. Crazy. That's a save percentage of nine forty-seven for that game. Jesus and then you look Christ. on, dude. You look on the other side. The Bruins had fifteen shots on net. Jacob Markstrom <laughs> led in four of them. Wow. Uh, a tale of two goalies. Tale of two goalies. Bruins were outshot, like triple basically. I think that was like, maybe one of two games they were outshot all season. But Dmitry Orlov had two goals that game. He continues to, you know, beat Dmitry Skorlov. Uh, Zaka had one, and then McAvoy with the overtime winner. That game was electric, dude. Yeah, man. Calgary had almost three times the shots of the, as the Bruins did. Final shots: fifty-seven for Calgary, twenty for Boston. And this is a team too. This was this was last Thursday, right? When we when we recorded the episode over Pod. Uh yes, I believe. So. Yeah, I remember we were doing our our predictions, and I was like, "Man, Calgary sucks. They don't have a, they don't have a they don't have a a shot in hell of making a dent in this Bruins team." And like, oh my god, like end of the first period, shots were like eighteen to five or something ridiculous like that. Like they were running away with it. It seemed like, but. Enter Lena Solmark. I mean, the guy is Dude. absolutely insane. There's nothing he can't do out there. Nothing. He's having one of the best seasons I have ever seen. And he hasn't, there has not been a moment where I was like, ah, oh, here he goes. Like he starts, he's starting to slow down. There hasn't been any moment this season that has, um, you know, worried me in the slightest. He's been yeah. on all year. Yeah, no, that's a great point too. The consistency is in, in like, Especially when you look at Swayman, because if you look at, I believe it's uh, goals against average, obviously Olmark's first. I believe Swayman is third right now for the third lowest goals against average. Really? Like, yeah, he, he's up there, which you wouldn't think because like it seems like the sky is falling when people would talk about Jeremy Swayman the first couple months of the season because he was definitely having some some uh, struggles in his starts. But Linus mm-hmm. Olmark has been a rock all year. I can't think of a single game where I was like, well, you know, at least he played well. The, all the other games, he can let this one go by him. He's been a, a rock in net. Well, you uh, you said something on Twitter about Allmark and how he's been playing this year. It's like positionally, he just looks rock solid. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Damn it. I'm trying to find the uh, goals against average leader. Oh, yeah. yeah. Jeremy Swayman is is uh, top three. Obviously, Allmark 1.89. Philip Gustafson, who only has uh, – oh, I guess he has 29 games played. 1.99 goals against average. Antti Ranta on Carolina, 2.26. And Jeremy Swayman is fourth for the lowest goals against average with 2.27. So he's knocking on the door. And, like, it, it's crazy. He's also eighth in save percentage. And, like, you wouldn't you wouldn't think that looking at the beginning of the season that Jeremy Swayman had when he got sh- he got shelled by Ottawa. And yeah. uh, people, people were, you know, obviously – talking about trading him the little hypotheticals but um all the focus has been on Olmark's supreme season and and Swayman's been playing pretty well as well you know behind him as well wait so you have you have his stats up right now uh-huh how many games has Swayman started uh 39 okay that's not a small sample size that's that's a good chunk of number or good yeah. chunk of games uh good chunk of numbers that's a good chunk <laughs> of games uh when you're, you know, when you already have kind of a bona fide number one, anyways, in Allmark, they're still kind of split at 50 50. Allmark has mm-hmm. to be at what? Um, if, if Swayman's at 39, Allmark has to be. Uh, Allmark's at 39. Oh, 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 what's Swayman at? Swayman's at 26. Okay, that's still a good chunk of number. Especially, oh my god, I did it again. A good chunk of start. <laughs> Especially considering the time too that Swayman missed when he uh 
popped his knee out when he went against the post mm. there at the beginning of the year. But uh, yeah, no, it's 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 great. I mean, Bruins goalies are dominating the the leaderboards as they should. Obviously, Omark was going to be there, but I feel like people would be surprised to hear those numbers uh, where the where Jeremy Swayman ranks in league. Also, uh, Linus Omark is tied for second in the league in points with one. <laughs> there's, there's like six or seven goalies who have uh two assists obviously Olmark is the only one, only one with a goal but uh yeah no it's crazy because we were talking at the beginning of the year too saying you know this is incredible play that Olmark was giving you but this has literally never been him in his entire career he was never this guy in buffalo he was not this guy last year with the bruins um so while he was playing hot right now he's on one hell of a scorcher there's no way that he, he'll be able to continue this especially i remember at the beginning of the year when they had that stretch um when they played uh florida when we thought florida was still good when they played tampa when they they had the a, a, a stretch of games like 10 games in a row where they were playing a lot yeah. of good teams i think uh vegas was in there twice this was in like december i think it was and i remember we were talking back then not just you and i but collective hockey community talking back then and this is going to be a tough stretch for the bruins so we're, we're going to have to see if omar can carry this play into that tough stretch and he did and then it was oh yeah he had a great first half before the all-star break let's see if he can do it after the all-star break uh, scores a goal franchise record for saves he's <laughs> continuing what he's been doing all year and now it's to the point where now all that's left is to see if he can cont- continue this play into the playoffs and yeah. that's i think that's the last hurdle that he has to go through to have this be like one of the greatest seasons a goaltender has ever had yeah and he's i mean he's right there when you're looking at the numbers for uh you know all-time goalie season single season you know records he's right there this season has been that incredible for him and like we touched on it's it's not like he had a hot start or a hot middle where he was posting like three or four shutouts uh and and you know letting up one goal in a, in a hot stretch he's been doing this all season he's maybe had one or two games where he's let in three or four goals and you're like ah you're gonna get him next time oh mark <laughs> you know what i mean and yeah. for a lot of goalies that's that's that happens on almost a nightly basis so for him to allow one or two goals a night you know through 39 games that he started is pretty insane but to yeah. touch on something you said earlier, the sh- there was one point in the Calgary game, it was through two periods. Can you guess what the shot totals were through two periods in that Calgary game? Oh, man. Uh, 40 to 11. You were so close. Really? So close. Yeah. It was 39 shots Calgary, nine shots for the Bruins. Oh, through two, my God. Through two periods. And... um. And uh, let's see, the game was a two to one game and the Bruins were winning. So, I mean, they had nine shots on goal, two goals and Calgary had one. So thank That's you, Omar, so and thank you, Orlov. Yeah, both those. Goals that literally Orlov. that doesn't even make sense. And like, listen, if like Linus Omar, you, he just saw 57 shots. If you're going to let in five or six that night, it's all right, man. We understand. I mean, almost 60 mm-hmm. shots. Nobody expects you to slam the door on those guys. But the fact that he had 54 saves, franchise record, I mean, building upon this resume of what has been one of the most incredible seasons I've ever seen from a goaltender, um, it's amazing. And I know I tweeted a thing. We can get into it now, actually. I tweeted a thing um, about the ESPN, how they uh, released their list of 
award yep. races. Yep. Uh, let me find the tweet. Um, but basically, this this guy from ESPN uh, reached out to National Hockey. Here it is. Uh, ESPN polled Professional Hockey Writers Association voters and GMs anonymously to see who was leading current NHL award races. And we have some NHL Bruins players on the list. Um, I'll just jump to the goalie list because we we're talking about uh, Omar. Vesna Trophy, obviously, Linus Omar is the heavy favorite. And I believe this was the only award, hypothetical award race that general managers were allowed to vote on when this reporter reached out to him. Linus Olmark, runaway favorite. Other people receiving votes, Connor Hellebuck uh, and Ilya Sorokin. Um, but people were pointing out to myself and others that uh, Linus Olmark was not mentioned among hard candidates. Uh, so how do you feel? I mean, obviously McDavid is going to be the heart. He, uh, people were saying McDavid doesn't have to play a single game for the rest of the year, and he'll still win the heart. Um, but do you feel like Olmark should at least get some sort of consideration for the heart trophy? Definitely, dude. If you're if you look at not only what's been accomplished so far this season by the team, but if you look at expectations coming into the year, um, people had them pegged as a wild card team at best. Not. None of the success that we've seen this season comes without Linus Allmark playing the way that he's been playing. Granted, even if Allmark was playing a you know average to a little bit above average, you 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 would see a tighter race between us, Tampa, and Toronto. But just because of the way that he's played, he's set this. Um, he's he's set the pace for the team almost from the beginning of the year, um, and he hasn't let his foot off off the gas and he is one of the main reasons why this team is where they're at today. So if he's not even considered, you know, I think personally he should be top five, it, it may be top three in consideration. And it is so hard to win that award as a goalie, as a goalie, you have to have the kind of season that Allmark is having just in order to even be considered in the conversation. But if, if McDavid was just having an off year where he's putting up maybe 80 to 90 points, I think Allmark is probably leading the conversation right now. Because other than him, who else are you going to – who else Who else is ahead of him? You could even claim pastas ahead of Allmark. Yeah, and it's funny you said that because in this – poll that this that we're referencing right now obviously Connor mcdavid was the runaway favorite and the only other two players receiving votes were david posternock and tage thompson Ooh, from Buffalo. you know what tage thompson for sure should be in that conversation Which is very interesting but i'm glad that you mentioned how hard it is for a goalie to win the hard trophy because it just doesn't happen right carrie price won it back in what was that 20 2014 2015 um, and that was a good Montreal team. I was looking at it the other day. I believe they had like 122 points that year. I think they had a 40 goal scorer in Patch Ready. They had like a, a low 30 goal scorer, two 20 goal scores, and like that was about it. And I think that the reason that, uh, first of all, I think Old Mark should definitely get consideration for the Hart Trophy. No way he's winning it. Um, but I, I feel like if you have a, a group of panelists sitting down, you say, "Give me your your top five favorites for Hart Trophy this year." Omar has to be one of the five. There's no way that he's not. And it's large in part he's not going to win because of the play of Connor McDavid. But if there's any other reason supporting why Omar wouldn't win, it's also because, man, this Bruins team is a freaking wagon. Like they yeah. are so good. He's playing on the best team in the league. And I think the thing, the, the example that best 
exemplifies that is that when Lena Solmark plays, the Bruins are 32 and four. When Jeremy yeah. Swayman plays, the Bruins are 16 and four. So they're yeah. still an extremely <laughs> dominant team, even when Jeremy Swayman is playing and Linus Olmark isn't. But that doesn't take any anything away from the incredible numbers that Olmark's been putting up this year. So we mentioned how difficult it is for a goalie to win the heart. So since 1990, 32 years ago to now, a goalie has won the heart trophy four times. Dominic Hasek twice. He actually won it back to back um, in 1997 and 1998. Jose Theodore in 2002. Hell yeah, baby. And then Carey Price in 2015. Outside of them, it's been all forwards and defensemen. Um, so it never happens. And in, in, like you said, um, it's a rarity for a goalie to win that award. So even for Allmark to be in the consideration for that and really have his only roadblock being a perennial superstar, generational talent in Connor McDavid, and then a winger on his own team. <laughs> it's, 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 you know, nothing to take lightly. Um, I still can't believe that Jose it, looking at, at Theodore's numbers from his heart trophy, he yep. was 30 and 24 with a 931 save percentage and a 2.11 goals against average. So Olmark's numbers are obviously far and away better, but I think that's where people get too caught up is you look at Olmark's numbers and you're like, holy shit, this is historic. This guy has to be the heart. And and honestly, understandably so. I mean, he's doing everything at a historic pace. We just said it four times. The guy scored a goal this year. I mean, what the hell? But you also have to take into account the context and like, this is an incredible Bruins team. I mean, they're three lines deep. Their third line could be a top line for about mm-hmm. a third of the, of the teams in this league. That's how good they are. They're yeah. seven defensemen deep. They probably have, we were also in, uh, they have the Selkie in this, in this uh, report. Bergeron is his favorite to win the sixth Selkie. They have yeah. the favorite to win the Jack Adams award and Jim Montgomery. They probably have the favorite to win. I don't know what it's called. The president's trophy, whatever for Don Sweeney. Um, this is a really, oh. really, really good team. And obviously the, it's boosted because of Linus Olmark. But I think that that's also the reason why you're seeing Linus Olmark name, maybe not popping up in these heart conversations because the Bruins as a team are just so dominant this year. Yeah, there is an award for GM of the year. And I, I don't remember what the name of the award is, but Sweeney's could, won it before. Yeah. He could win it again this year. You could argue he's kind of, like a lot of oh, it's, it's called the are. Jim the Jim Gregory General Manager of the Year Award. Ah, okay, yes, Jim Gregory. I know uh, him. <laughs> uh, he could he could win that too. I mean, you've you've seen every addition that he's made this season just fit into this puzzle perfectly. Dmitry mm-hmm. Orlov, perfect. Garnet Hathaway, a great addition for the bottom six. Tyler Bertuzzi, as psychotic as he is for not taping up his stick, um, <laughs> still had a point in his um, debut. He, he has, has no plug that, in his stick either. You see that? No plug. He's got no plug. He's got no teeth. He's got no tape. He's just a madman oh out there. God. But, I mean, he gets an assist in his uh, Bruins debut. Nasty little pass from behind the net to Coyle yeah. in front. Um, you didn't even mention Zaka, who he traded – he just Zaka. dumped Eric Halla on in the offseason and picked up Zaka. And even you can give him credit to the extensions he gave Zaka and Pasternak in the middle of the season. I mean, that has to be important as well when you're looking at you know GM of the year or whatever it is. Oh, absolutely. And, okay, so speaking of extensions, 
out of Hathaway, Orlov, and Bertuzzi, if you could extend two out of the three of them, who would you choose? Orlov and Bertuzzi. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I would approach Orlov before I approach anybody else. I almost would do the same thing because if you if you have Orlov and McAvoy and Lindholm and Carlo and in Clifton and Forbert, you can dump Matt Grizzlick and you're gonna feel you know you're not gonna feel as bad about doing it. Yeah, and even like uh, Dmitry Orlov too. I mean, and as much as we don't like to talk about it. Um, this is a team that could be without Krejci and Bergeron next year. Um, right. You're going to need some leaders in that locker room. Dmitry Orlov's a guy, I mean, they might not win the cup this year, but he's a guy who has Stanley Cup experience. He was part of that Capitals team that won a Stanley Cup. He's a guy who had a letter on his chest. He was the assistant captain of the Capitals. He has good yeah. experience there with the leader in Ovechkin. He's getting some experience being a leader here with Bergeron. So he's a guy that I would want to stick around for the foreseeable future. Um, what do you? What number do you think Dmitry Orlov would ask for? I'm thinking somewhere, I mean, oh, based on the way he's performing so far, I mean, he's played, he's played 12 and four. a half, 13. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah, honestly, we might have to trade pasta just to clear up. Cap, <laughs> but um, he's played four games for the team. He's got nine points, three goals, six assists. What he's doing right now is honestly in incredible for this hey team. first star of the week first star of the week in the nhl he's he's fitting like a glove uh, i don't think he's getting taken out or sorry uh, i don't think he's getting taken off of that first line d pairing with mcavoy i think the d pairings are pretty much not set going into the playoffs but i think we're starting to get a pretty good idea i think oddly enough i think matt grizzlick is going to be the odd man out i think Montgomery's going to roll with Clifton and Forbert on that bottom pair, Lindholm and Carlo on the second, and then Orlov McAvoy. And then you have Matt Grizzlick sliding in when you need him. Yeah, but you know, I don't want people to think that Matt Grizzlick is just going to be sitting on the sidelines not doing anything. Right. I don't know if you knew, but his dad actually works for the <laughs> rink staff. So Grizzlick can, Grizzlick can take his skates off, put some boots on, and Go for a little spin on the Zamboni between periods, but no, yeah. it's it's a great it's a great it's a great position to be in because you know Grizzik is still he's a he's a very good player. He was playing very well the first month to month and a half of the season, um, and these are just things that happen. Unfortunately, casualties of the team when you have too many good too many cooks in the kitchen, too many good players playing one position. But um, the thing I like about Orlov a lot too is he can play left and right, and I think yes. that's extremely valuable. Um, he's What's he only? He's six foot or six one, but Jesus Christ, dude, the guy's built like a tree stump. Yes, he's got dude. that that Russian strength. So, and of dude, course, yeah. as Ethan Moriarty mentioned before, um, every single team that has won a Stanley Cup in X amount of years consecutively has had at least one Russian on their team. And the Bruins have their Russian now, Dmitry Orlov. So yeah. he's got to stay around. I'm sorry. He has to. Yeah, they don't. They're not, no one's talking about that. The Russian factor. Yeah, um, but. We also had the um, Buffalo Sabres coming to town on Thursday, a potential first-round matchup. Um, let's see here. I think they've been sliding lately a little bit and kind of falling out of that wild-card race just yeah, well, they had. Absolutely shit on by the Bruins the other night. So Yeah, they, they're on a one-game losing streak right now. Uh, we're recording on Tuesday night. Uh, actually, do they play tonight? They do. They're in... Long Island right now. Uh, the first period just started, but Buffalo, as it stands now, is three points back of Pittsburgh for that last wild card spot, and they are four points back of the Islanders for a wild card spot. But they do have three games in hand. Um, actually, and 
yeah, they're playing the Islanders tonight, so that's actually a huge game. Mm. But potential first round matchup comes into Boston. Um, I think you expected the Bruins to win this game, but not in the fashion that they did. They put an absolute shit kicking down on Tage Thompson <laughs> and the Buffalo Sabres. Um, they ended up winning seven to one. Um, and that, mm. Like I said, an absolute. I mean, it was embarrassing for Buffalo. It curved. That's Stanton. kind of a yeah. You would oh, right on Causeway. Uh, you would think that's <laughs> kind of a statement game for Buffalo. Uh, Jeremy Swayman started that game. Uh, twenty six saves on twenty seven shots. Orlov with a goal. Lauko had two this game. Clifton, Bergeron, Pasta, and Zaka all had goals. Casey Middlestad had the lone goal for Buffalo. Um, but. Yeah, I mean, the Bruins fucking just shat all over him. Pasta had three points. Orlov had three points. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, not much to say. The Bruins just kind of doing what they're supposed to do against not bottom of the barrel teams, obviously, because Buffalo is right there. But a team that's fighting for a playoff spot and isn't there right now. The Bruins just kind of put their foot down, stomped in their throat. <laughs> Little yeah, they're re- really showing them where they are in the standings. You know, yeah, you might, you know, you got some good young promising players, but don't forget we're still the king of the crop here. Right. And just an absolute beatdown. Oh my god. And I was I, I was pissed when uh, I mean, I know they were up 7 nothing or whatever it was at that point, but when Swayman let in that goal there at the end of the third, I was like, "No, there goes the yeah. utter dominance." Now instead of 7 instead of a 6 goal differential, it's only 7. And I also believe that this was the game that pushed the Bruins into triple digits goal differential. I believe after this game they're now up they're up to plus 103 goal differential. Yeah. Um I don't know if you saw my tweet, but I was curious to see what the highest goal differential was in in nhl history because like triple digits is like holy shit like just yeah wrap your head around that for a second that's a lot of uh a lot more goals scored than than given up at least 100 and i was like <laughs> and i was like 103 i wonder how close to start of the record and the record was i believe it was that wagon of a canadians team the one that the bruins have been chasing all year for winning the 77 team yeah why don't you take a guess about what their Goal differential was that year. Keep in mind, this Bruins team is a plus one hundred three. In the seventies, it was probably. Oh my god, it was probably so high. I bet you they ended the season like plus one fifty seven. Now I'm trying. This is off memory, but I'm pretty sure this is correct. They were a plus two sixteen. Oh my god, that's that's (laughs) that's crazy. Yeah, dude, that's great. That's ridiculous. That's um, but I also saw numbers. that I believe over the next what did the Bruins have? Twenty games left. Over the next twenty games, okay. I believe the Bruins have to go at fifteen and five to get the wins and the points record. Which I don't know about you, that seems very doable to me. I mean, their yeah. last fifteen. They, I mean, they're on a what a ten game winning streak right now. I mean, I think yeah. that's doable. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what their schedule is. I don't have it in front of me. For, oh, I do right now. They got Edmonton, Detroit twice, Chicago, Winnipeg, Minnesota, Buffalo, Ottawa, Montreal. Honestly, they might go twenty now. <laughs> they really, they, there's a strong potential that this could legitimately end up being the best team of all time. And like I told you, like I was mentioning earlier too, I was, um, I was, I was listening to our last episode, and then it ended, and I, I got curious, and I listened to one of our first episodes, just to kind of see how we've progressed as a show. And I'll tell you, it's infinitely better from the beginning, <laughs> as you can tell right away. But um, we were giving our, it was still preseason, so we were giving. Um, or I was I was asking what it would take for you to consider this season 
to be a successful season. Mm-hmm. And you you said, um, make the playoffs and get out of the first round. That would be a successful <laughs> season. <laughs> and I was listening to it and I was like, damn, we kind of smashed those expectations. Yeah. I think I said um, second or third in the division. I think third because I said there was a no chance in hell that you were winning the division. I said it was Tampa or <laughs> Toronto to lose, and anything past the first round would be an overachievement. So I think that just speaks on everybody's mindset coming into Listen, the year. They've come. I'm telling you, I don't know who it was. But somebody played our podcast for that team in the locker room and every night they go out to just prove us wrong because I've said stuff in the past about, uh, you know, I was very hard on Nick Foligno first yeah. 10 episodes we made. Now you won't find a bigger fan. I was telling you that, you know, uh, I, I think we had a, a segment on one of our early episodes about whether or not they should tank for Bedard. Yeah. <laughs> now, obviously, they're not doing that. And it was like every point. I remember I said, um, you know, if the Bruins aren't playing well and you get to the trade deadline, might as well trade Linus Omar for some cast space and some picks. Boy, do I not feel that way anymore. It's just funny. Like those, those, the first handful of episodes we made should be like filed under like the comedy genre because our takes were like so historically wrong. They were mostly so mine. Mostly mine. I know yours won't heart. You're more playing devil's advocate, but like, oh my yeah. God, I can't even listen to them. See, but it's not even like it was a ludicrous thing to think, though. I mean, granted, when I did listen to that episode where we gave our expectations, it was before we knew that Krejci was still going to be producing at a, you know, at a top six level. Uh, we didn't know how Bergeron was. Obviously, there were no expectations for Nick Foligno. Um, and we didn't think Omar was going to come in and have one of the best seasons of all time. So there's yeah, a lot honestly, of factors, too. What we're not talking about, too, is uh, Hampus Lindholm. Yeah, he's whole had a season of Hampus. incredible season this year. I mean, I think people knew what to expect from Hampus Lindholm, but even what he's done this year has exceeded that. I mean, this guy's top 12, maybe top 10 defenseman in the NHL right now. Oh, absolutely. Um, but... We after the Buffalo game, there was the Rangers. The oh my god, this game, dude! This could legitimately be a potential Eastern Conference final matchup. It could be who the Bruins see if they make it there um, as the final hurdle to the Stanley Cup. With, I hope it goes know, like this too. Yeah, me too, dude. I mean. The Rangers bulked up on offense. They got Patrick Kane, Vladimir Tarasenko to add on to an already stacked offense because of Banajad, Chris Kreider. Um, I'm forgetting somebody. Who am I forgetting? They have Capo Caco. They have Alexis Lafreniere. I don't know if you saw my tweet the other day. I have never been so confident in a player's abilities getting drafted than I was in Capo Caco. I yeah, like yeah, I yeah. really I really thought that because he was playing over in Sweden he put up numbers over or Finland sorry he put up numbers over there he was like six two big body strong skater and it, like he kind of sucks I know he's yeah. only like twenty two but like the discrepancy now between him and Jack Hughes 
Jack Hughes is like what 40 goals now. He's gone pace for over 100 points. And I think Capo Caco has like 30 points this year or something like that. Dude, well, the the person I was blanking on was Panarin. So I mean their top six oh, is only, How we yeah, yeah, tall. Um, but talking about Capo Caco and Hughes a little bit, I remember when when they both got drafted, I made a I, I forget what exactly what the bet was. I think it was like a hundred bucks that Capo Caco would have more points than Jack Hughes in his first three years. And boy, oh boy, do I feel stupid. Oh man, you must feel pretty dumb. Yeah, no, because yeah. uh, like I was so confident that he was going to, he was like NHL ready. And I just, there's some drafts like that that roll around and almost, I would almost feel better having the second pick than the first pick because like Jack Hughes at that time, he was the number one overall pick. Everybody knew that he was going to be a great player someday, but he was so small. He was like 5'10". He was 17 years old. He was like 140 pounds. And you have this guy, Kapokak, who's been playing professional hockey over in Finland, who's at the time was like 6'2", like 200 pounds, strong skater. And I was... I. I truly thought that Capo Caco was going to be the better player at the, at the end of the day, at the end of their career. And I was thinking like, man, like if you're New Jersey, you have to take Jack Hughes first because if he turns into yes. the player that everybody's saying he is, you're going to feel real dumb if you pass on that. But I was so sure. And I was so much more confident that Capo Caco was going to be that guy. I was like, I would much rather be the Rangers in this position because you don't, if you miss on Jack Hughes, at least Capo's still there or whatever. But yeah, imagine if he popped off and if uh, Lafreniere popped off too. I mean, Jesus Christ. I mean, they do have like the whole vibe of being the kid line, but at some point, you're the second overall pick. You got to figure it out. Yeah. You got to be. You got to be more than a third line winger, second line winger at best. You got to figure it out. I mean, the Rangers yeah. are kind of depending on him to really hit that ceiling that they expected. Yeah, even the Lafreniere too. I mean, he has 13 goals, 31 points in 62 games this year. Like, not bad numbers for a 21 year old kid. But this is a guy who was a number one overall draft pick. I mean, yep. if 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 him and Kako ever reached their potential, holy shit! Mixed with, I mean, if they can re-sign Patrick Kane and if he can, you know, catch lightning in a bottle and flashbacks to the player he used to be more often, oh. and they have Panarin and Zabanajad and Kreider. Oh my god, that's Bruins 2.0 right there. No, dude. We speaking about Patrick Kane. First of all, the 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 Bruins uh, they beat the Rangers four to two in Boston. They kind of dominated all game. They had a they had a bad second period, but you know that's gonna happen. Um, Charlie Coyle had a goal. Thomas Noshek absolutely undressed Igor Shesterkin and shoved his ass into his face. <laughs> gave him pink eye. So gave tweet. him a little bit of pink eye. <laughs> um, Lafreniere had two for the Rangers, but Bergeron and Pasta also had goals for Boston. Mm. Um, I wanted to talk about that because on the Noshek goal, because you brought up Kane, did you see his stats from this game? And, I, and by the way, he still does, does not have a point with the Rangers. Um, I think he's played four games, three or four games, but this game against Boston, Patrick Kane was a minus two with two shots on goal and 21 minutes of time on ice. Like he didn't do anything. He um, also, I saw uh, somebody tweet as well that Patrick Kane had six turnovers this game. Yeah. Like, like, um, he's going to be your X factor. You kind of want him to play big, you know, big games against teams like Boston. Um, but 
the reason I'm bringing him up is because did you see him playing defense against Noshek on, yeah. on on his goal, dude? He, he just <laughs> he like he let him skate by and then he slapped him on the ass with a stick and then Noshek just yeah, he absolutely just ch- dangled Shesterkin. He was trying to sell him good game, man. He was, yeah, yeah. <laughs> game over, good game, bud. We'll get you. Next oh, time. that was a nice move. Good job, buddy. Now go get yeah. this goal. <laughs> He's like, oh, sh- oh shit, I'm not in Chicago anymore. I have to try. <laughs> um, if if now. I know you've been saying that, uh, you know, the Rangers are the team that you think the Bruins going to meet in the Eastern Conference Final mm-hmm. if both teams make it that far. If Patrick right. Kane doesn't become Patrick Kane and if Patrick Kane's games from here on out are more like how he played against Boston, do you even think that they make it that far? Um, No, because I, 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 in my mind, I'm thinking it's either – Carolina or the, or the Rangers. I think it's Carolina or the Rangers. I would think the same. And that's why it's so – it bothers me that Carolina only got Puyarvi at the deadline. What are you it, doing? Yeah, that was a weird move. They have an opportunity to really solidify themselves as one of the favorites to come out of the East, and they didn't do a single thing really. I, I mean, thought, they, they added Goss to spare as well, but still. Oh, yeah, I forgot about Ghost. I thought for sure that they were going to be in on Patrick Kane – I Me thought too. that they were that they were like you know like the dark the dark horse team that nobody was talking about, and I thought yeah. that you know when when talks started d- dwindling about uh, Chikrin, I thought watch out for Carolina; they could make a move to get him as well. Mm-hmm. But they literally did pretty much nothing. They drafted Puyarvi, who what do you think is a third liner for him? Yeah, and uh, Shane Gottespear, who's uh, hasn't really done much since he took the league by storm those two years he had in Philly. Yeah, I honestly, I honestly thought he was out of the league. I'm gonna be honest with you. <laughs> well, he was what in uh, was he was he in Arizona? Yeah, uh, I believe so. Yeah, yeah. So he basically was out of the league. <laughs> I'm trying. Oh my! I'm trying, <laughs> trying to find Shane Goddard Spears like hockey wiki, and I I don't I nobody knows how to spell Goddard Spear. Come on, not even Shane knows how to spell his last name. So I <laughs> I did Shane G H Otis. Two peaches and then two peaches, two peas, and then H E R E. So, like, got this here, and it said, Do you, do you mean Shane Photosphere? That's not what I mean. Um, no, I want to look at his numbers because he was really good. His, I think, did he go to Union? Yes. I yeah, believe I remember, so. Yeah, because he, he, let's see, he played for. Yeah, he did spend one year in Arizona. But his first year, when he was 22, he played 64 games, had 46 points. Uh, 17th in the Norris race, second for Calder. Next year, he had 76 games and 39 points. And then if I remember correctly, Philadelphia was doing anything they could to get rid of this guy. Because yeah, uh, he had a yeah yeah and then yeah he spent a year in Arizona last year, 52 games, 31 points, and now in Carolina he's played two games, four points. Now let me ask you, because um, you know, kind of talking defensively right now between Gosses Bear and Carolina, um, what are your pairings heading into playoffs for the Bruins? I really like McAvoy and Orlov together. Mm-hmm. That would be my top pairing. Uh, Lindholm and Carlo. And then I think you got to keep, I think you got to keep with Forbert and, uh, Connor Clifton. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I hate to say it, but I think that Grizzly is the man out as well. Cause like, 
I don't want Grizzik playing uh, his. Well, first of all, I really like forward in there. You need to keep him in there for what he does in the penalty kill. Yeah, and also absolutely. he eats he eats shots like a freaking banshee. And uh, <laughs> I don't know. It could be the bias in me because I love Connor Clifton because you know Quinnipiac guy. But they're still they're a really good pairing together. I know sometimes they get trapped in their own zone, but um, I don't know. And also like that's kind of a luxury having Connor uh, Connor Clifton. Jesus Christ, having Matt Grizzik come in as your extra defensive guy. Um, but for me, it's between those three guys: Clifton, Forbert, and Grizzlick. But just because of the way that that Clifton and Forbert were playing, especially like the first half of the year, I remember we talked in one of our early episodes. At one point, they were the I believe they were the second most efficient defensive pairing in the entire NHL. Yes, like that's the kind of potential that this pairing has when they play together. Um, and Clifton can absolutely, so for no reason at all, just start letting it up. I mean, the guy, I, he's I think he's now third on the team in hits so they got uh garnet hathaway so for that reason alone i think you need that physical deep pairing right you have your talented deep pairing of course the people who get the puck moving and mcavoy and orlov you got twin towers back there and hampus Lindholm and brandon carlo and sometimes you just need that deep pairing who's gonna go out there and just beat the shit out of guys in front of the net who's gonna make it nobody wants to go into the corner when Derek forward's out there and even though uh, connor clifton is like 511 or six feet whatever he is he's still bopping guys all over the ice so that will be my three pairings for the playoffs yeah, no, I 100% agree. Now, Taylor Hall and Nick Foligno. Um, I don't know if you saw the picture that the Bruins took with um, – what's his name? Theo Vaughn. The comedian, the, yeah, Theo Vaughn, the comedian guy. For some reason, was at the Bruins game. I, that was Funny the most guy. random most I think he had a show in Boston. <laughs> Dude, I, yeah, yeah. I didn't like. I didn't expect to see him all of a sudden post up a I picture with from, Taylor Hall uh, and Nick Foligno. I think he's from like Louisiana, so I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if this is the first time he's ever seen ice. I also wanted to talk to you about the potential playoff matchups. So I want to go through this right now really quick with you. I'll do the, I guess, two wildcard teams that are in the spot right now and then the three that are looking in. I, I think I'd count out Washington. I think I'd count out Detroit. Obviously, Philly, Montreal, and Columbus aren't sniffing Detroit, any playoffs. Detroit does; they don't even know what they're doing. No, they have no idea, dude. <laughs> they, I thought they were going to kind of push for a playoff spot, and then they traded us Bertuzzi, and then I, I was very confused. But yeah, but then they um, were all in on JVR for whatever reason. Yeah, I don't. I, Stevie Wise losing it, man. I don't even think he, he knows what he's doing anymore, dude. He's just having Steve, fun. Stevie Bong rips, dude. He probably hit the bowl <laughs> too many times. He was like, he's like, I don't know what I'm doing anymore. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> Um, he hit the he hit the sativa instead of hitting the indica. I made him sleepy. <laughs> it's one um, way to get out of your job. <laughs> yeah, but uh, so right now the Islanders and the Penguins own the top two wild card spots. The Islanders at the number one wild card. They've played sixty five games. They have seventy two points. Pittsburgh is right behind them. Pittsburgh's played sixty two games, so they have three games in hand on the Islanders. They have seventy one points, so three games in hand, one point behind. But then here's where it gets interesting. Buffalo also has played 62 games. They're four points behind the Islanders for that first spot. And they're two points behind Pittsburgh for that last wildcard spot. Um, three games in hand on New York as well. Then here, here's Ottawa, a team that just got Jacob Chikrin. Um, that, that left pairing defense on Ottawa. I think it goes Jacob Chikrin, Thomas Shabbat, 
and Jake Sanderson. Their left side defense is set for the next couple of years. Um, that's a nasty, nasty left side defense. Mm-hmm. They also got Tim Stutzla, Alex DeBrinkett, um, Josh Norris, who's hurt, unfortunately for them. He's for the year. He's out. Um, Claude Giroux. You can't forget Claude Giroux is on Ottawa now. They, they've got a team, so they can make a legitimate push. Um, they're also only two points back of Pittsburgh, although they've played one more game than Pittsburgh. They're four points back at the Islanders um, with two games in hand, so they can make a push. And then you could consider Florida, too. Um, they're same same thing, 68 points. Um They've got one game in hand on the Islanders, and they've played two more than Pitt. Uh, they're four points back with that 68 points. So basically, wh- who do you think is going to round out that wild card? Wh- what are the two wild card teams that you see heading into the playoffs? That honestly might have been the longest setup for a question I've ever heard in my entire life. <laughs> I, I, had to go, I had to go through the numbers. I had to go through the numbers. Um, I think Pittsburgh is definitely going to be one of the wild card teams. Okay, just because you can never count out Malkin and Crosby. No. Um, and I don't know. I thought Ottawa was a team that was going to be good to start the year. Yep. Um, with the moves they made in the off season, um, getting was Giroux there last year? Or is this his first year in Ottawa? Uh he was there last year. <laughs> Having Giroux making the trade for DeBrinket, obviously not getting Chicken really helps. But, like, they just haven't looked that good all year. This is a team that I thought would be battling for a top six seed, and they're five games over 500 right now. Um, Again, you can never count out Washington. Washington just picked up – what? With Ottawa, uh, I think it's in their last 15 games. Do you know what their record is? What? I believe their record is 12-3-0. In their last fifteen, so they're buzzing right now. Yeah, they're six three and one in their last ten. Damn. Uh, I'm gonna say Pittsburgh, and I don't know. I'm gonna say Washington. Really? Even though they're the twelve seed, sixty eight points. They're three and seven in their last ten, but I don't know. They just picked up that Sundin guy at the uh, trade deadline. He was, he's been playing really well. I know they lost Orlov. I know that hurts, but I don't know. If there's a team that knows how to win in the East, especially uh, with that experience, it's Pittsburgh and Washington. So I would never count them out. I'm so confident that Pittsburgh is going to be a wild card team. I'm, yeah. I'm, he- I'm hesitating on calling them a lock. But um, I don't know. If I had to pick between the Islanders, I don't like the Islanders, even though I just picked up uh, Bo Horvat. Buffalo, I think Buffalo is going to be a problem in the Eastern Conference for years to come. I just don't think that they're there yet. Ottawa, Florida, Washington. I'm taking Washington. Yeah. I think, I, I think uh, like you said, I think Pitt, not going to say it's a lock, but I think Pittsburgh is going to overtake the Islanders for that number one wildcard spot. And then I think it's going to be between Buffalo and Ottawa. And I think yeah. it's going to be a bloodbath to the end. And I think that uh, my heart says Buffalo, but my gut says Ottawa makes it. Buffalo is such a fun team, especially Buffalo. now that they have uh, – I know uh, Darlene just came back. I don't know how many games he missed, but um, did you see – I tweeted it the other day. It's so hard for a defenseman – to average 
over a point per game. Yep. Um, this year, I believe I tweeted, I believe there's four of them. And Darlene, I think, is one of them. He's got a, a couple more ga- a couple games up. I want to find that tweet. Damn it. Here it is. Um, yeah, Rosmus Darlene has 63 points in 57 games. Big reason. Him, of course, with Tage Thompson and uh, Uka Puka Luckin and whatever the hell the guy's name is in net, who's been play- playing well this year as well. Um, that's a team that's going to be good for years to come. Of course, they still have Owen Power. They're going to be a fun team. I just don't think that they're there yet. Yeah. Yeah, no, I don't think they're there yet. I think the one of the only pe- – they're missing a couple pieces. They're missing a big veteran guy who can come in there and kind of, you know, help with the culture and the and the leadership in that room for all those young guys. Like, they kind of have that in Jeff Skinner and Kyle Ocposo, but it, it, they're missing that on the back end, I think. Um, but they also need a goalie too, but they're right on the edge. They are you know, right there. You know what I wanted to ask was – how big of a hit do you think it is to Toronto placing mm. Ryan O'Reilly on the long-term IR with that broken finger? I think it's big. Um, that that was their biggest addition of the deadline, and uh, now he's out with with a broken finger. Um, he'll he'll for sure be back for playoffs, but I mean that just kind of hurts. I mean, just think about it in terms of he's a new guy coming into a new team. You need this time leading up to the playoffs to kind of get acclimated with the way that everybody plays and mm-hmm. help build that chemistry. And if he's going to be out for fifteen to twenty games with this broken finger, like that's not going to yeah. help their case at all. Yeah, and especially a lot of a lot of the talk I mentioned it the other day on Twitter as well. A lot of the talk, of course, because we're getting to that point, is on mm-hmm. playoff matchups. And right now, four and five seed will be playing each other. Toronto and Tampa Bay will see each other in the first round. The winner of yep. that series sees the winner of Boston and whoever it is, Pittsburgh, eight seed, whoever it is. Um, you would have to think. Toronto and Tampa Bay, that's a series that's going to go seven. So if the Bruins are to get past the first round, they're going to be very fortunate to be playing a team. While good, they're going to be very tired, hopefully, and a little bit better from that fight. But an interesting thing to look for is with this injury now to Ryan O'Reilly, Toronto's the four seed with 84 points. The Rangers are only five points back at the sixth seed. I mean, if Toronto starts dropping some of these games they have coming up here, Rangers just made a big move getting Patrick Kane at the trade deadline. If they can pick up some points, they can leapfrog. Uh, Tampa's going to be fine. Tampa and the Rangers are tied at 79 points, but you can have a, a first-round matchup now, Tampa and Rangers, and you can see Toronto drop to the sixth seed. Well, no, no, that's with the old format. So it would still be it would still be 2-3 in the division. 2-3 in the division play each other no matter what. That's so stupid. It's so dumb. I hate it. I hate, I hate it so much. That. But... I will say, though, with that Tampa and Toronto first round matchup, they are going to beat the living shit out of each other. I hope both teams lose. Dude, I am praying that that series goes seven games, not only because is not only because it'll benefit you as in the Bruins having one of these teams come out of that absolute war of a first round matchup. I mean, you got Toronto who's looking to end this first round curse that they've been on for, for what seems like decades now. (laughs) And, and you have a team in Tampa Bay that still has that, um, that core group of guys in Stamkos, Kucherov, Braden point, Victor Hedman, Andre Vasilevsky, who aren't going to go down without putting up their heaviest of fights mm-hmm. against against another team who's looking to slay demons. 
and they are going to oh my god this i am looking forward to this first round more than any playoff matchup in in the east and in the west it is going to be a bloodbath there's going to be some real heavy hitters and that's why it's going to be fun to watch um as a bruins fan because right now they would play pittsburgh that's a team that they should be able to handle. I don't think it's going to take any more than six games. Um, and the Bruins are going to have a little time to watch what's going on between Tampa Bay and the rain in uh, Toronto. They're going to have a little break. Um, yep. The only thing though, I was talking to my dad about, you know, with 2011 when the Bruins won the Stanley cup and I believe they won three game sevens on their way to winning the Stanley cup. Yep. Uh, they obviously won a seven against Vancouver uh, they swept Philly. They swept Philly. Was it Toronto? Montreal? Was it Montreal seven? No, it was it was Montreal in the first round, and then Philly in the second. Tampa in the th- in the conference finals, and then Vancouver, obviously in the Stanley Cup. Which ones went to seven? Just Vancouver? No, Montreal went seven. Tampa went seven, and Vancouver went seven. Mm. And yeah. you saw how that affected the Bruins on their trip. I mean, sometimes playing a seven game series can help. Yeah. When you have your can. backs against the wall all the time and you're constantly playing and sometimes rest. Like we've seen teams before who have swept the team for nothing, going to the next round against a team that just played six or seven and get their teeth kicked in because they've had a little bit of a break. I don't think that that's something that the Bruins have to worry about. And this is still a hypothetical they still have to get through the first round and we have to see if the other series goes to seven, but it's, there's a lot of really good matchups and good storylines going on in the NHL this year. And it's funny because they're literally all the East, the West sucks. All the, every, all the series everybody's excited for in the playoffs are the East. Although the only thing that I'll be looking forward to in the West is if somehow Vegas can play LA and yes. we can see Johnny quick get some revenge on Rob Blake and the Kings for how they stabbed yes. him in the back. That would be fun to see. Dude, I'm looking at the West right now. Like, tell me, tell me what series you'd be hyped for if it ended today. Ready? Ready? Uh, Dallas, Colorado. We could not uh, care less. Um, Edmonton. Oh no, I'm sorry. It would be, I'm sorry. My apologies. It would be Vegas and Colorado. Ooh, that would be that would be kind of fun. All right, and then <laughs> Dallas and Edmonton. That uh, would be kind of fun too. McDavid eh. versus Robertson, Hints versus Drysdale. That that one wouldn't be too bad. Yeah. Um, and then you got LA and Seattle. I feel like that's a snooze fest. Yeah, I'd rather watch paint dry. And then you got Minnesota and Winnipeg, also kind of a snooze. Oh fest. my god, that's got to be the coldest two teams that ever play each other <laughs> in the history of the NHL. Um, yeah, um, and, then, and then you bounce over to the East and you see Bruins pit, uh, Islanders, Hurricanes, and then Devils, Rangers, and Lightning Leafs. Like, come on. Jesus Christ. I mean, we've been talking a lot about Toronto and Tampa. That Devils and Rangers series is going to be yes. electric as well. Yeah. Metropolitan battle teams that don't like each other, both with some big time trade deadline pickups. What is it? Right, the 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 Battle of the Hudson River is that what it's called? Something is, like that? is that what it's called? I don't know. That's where uh, Sully landed his plane, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did. Yeah, yeah. Shout, Shout out, out Tom Hanks. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, we're probably about halfway through the show right now. So I thought this would be a good time to remind everybody about the amazing Cano Wellness Company. Cano Wellness offers you four distinct experiences for the different challenges that you may face throughout the day. Can of sleep, can of mend, can of fresh, and can of boost. It's the trusted brand for sports, fitness, and wellness households. 
with St. Patrick's Day coming up and a lot of you probably going down to Southie for the bar crawl, I think that some of you guys should stock up on some can of, can of mint. Um, with over 50 vitamins, nutrients, and herbal extracts and four compact sprays, it's the most convenient way to get back on track with no pills, water, or messy powders. 90% of nutrients from these oral sprays are absorbed in less than 30 seconds. It's like an entire health food store in your pocket and is endorsed by Olympians, NHL players, and pro sports stars who rely on the Canon Wellness Company to support high performance. Mel, let's talk about each product. Let's talk about it. Let me find the ad read. Here we go. Canna Boost gives you the ability to skip the coffee and sugary snacks and energize the healthy way. Use daily before you work out, when studying for an exam, and other times you increase clarity, stamina, and concentration. Canna Men provides the after-party liver support and works fast to relieve hangovers in the morning after drinking. This unique oral spray supplement is blended with 11 vegan vitamins and herbal extracts to replenish your body to combat headache, sickness, and lack of energy. Canna Fresh reduces stress and gives your body an immune system boost. Whether you're nervous before a presentation ready to calm down after a hectic day, the 11 natural and vegan ingredients in Canna Fresh take the edge off without making you drowsy or unmotivated. Canna Sleep is an all-natural and vegan sleep aid, which is convenient and fast-absorbing. No mixing beverages, no waiting for gummies to kick in. Just spray, roll over, and snooze. Control your dosage and how much sleep you need. If you want to try these amazing Canna Wellness all-natural oral sprays, please go to cannawellness.com. That is C-A-N-I-Wellness.com and use our promo code BNG25. That is BNG25 to get 25% off everything on the CannonWellness.com website. We thank Cannon Wellness for sponsoring this episode and our weekly Boston Bruins related podcast. Soleil, back to you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> let's uh, do some voicemails. Let's freaking do it. Let let's me do it. <laughs> Let me find some in here. I know we got a couple. For sure we got a couple. Uh, yes, we can play this first one. Let's see. This is from – I don't think we played this last week. This is uh, Steve from Agawam. I think give we me did. a second here. All right, Steve. We're going to skip yours. If, Sorry, we, Steve. if we didn't play yours, blame Sully. Uh, and if, if we didn't play it and uh, now you're pissed, just send us a message. We'll play it next episode. Yeah, all right. We'll we'll start with this one. Looking forward. To, sorry, looking forward to podcast today for the trade deadline, and I'm very excited about uh, Pasta's extension. And good for him. And the Bruins have been doing awesome. 100 points, the fastest in NHL history, and they played 61 games. Hopefully everyone is healthy before playoffs and looking forward to hearing your podcast very soon. Thanks. Is that Joe? I think that is Joe. Shout out Joe. Oh, Lenny. Shout out Joe, dude. Dude, um, well, first of all, actually, I want to give him a shout out, dude, because he grinds for for a for a sport that is looking constantly for um and for referees to kind of you know, get into the ground floor and work their way up. Our buddy Joe um, has been doing it for ages and he loves it. He's, he's every time he's, you know, out and about, he's at a different rink, ref in a game. I think he does um, either 
I don't think it's D one yet, but I'm pretty sure he does D two um, women's college hockey now. So he's really? yeah. So he's grinding. So, um, you know, shout out him. Uh, his work Good ethic is Joe crazy. Man. Yeah, dude, yeah. I remember he was. Nuts. I think he was refing games back in high school. I remember when I would come back from school uh, to come back to Navin, the rink we worked at when you were working, and Joe was always there, whether he was refing or he was uh, scorekeeping. A couple times I ran over and grabbed him a hot chocolate. But yeah, uh, yeah Joe, it's nice to hear from you, buddy. Uh, send send me and Sully a text. We we'll have to get together sometime and do something. Yeah, yeah, dude. We'll hit um, uh, Buffalo Wild Wings for a uh, ooh, for a Bruins game soon. Gonna have to appreciate but, your um, call, Joe. Yeah, dude, I'm I'm excited about Pasta as well. Uh, the next eight years he's here, we get to watch his beautiful, you know, goal scoring for uh, almost a whole other decade. Uh, that's a great thought to have. I'm oh, excited. yeah. It's going to be beautiful. All right, we got two other voicemails. Uh, looks like they're from the same person. So let's, here's the first one. Am I the only one who doesn't love Allmark's new helmet? Ooh, like, don't get me wrong, the art is fantastic. But... I didn't. I don't think I saw Mark's new helmet. Did you, dude? I gotta. I gotta. Yeah, I did. I gotta show this to you. Uh, it's. I love it. Um, it's. It's two of his dogs, I believe, one on each side, and each of them are riding a bear like a horse. Like. I, <laughs> <laughs> I I love it. It's like cartoon kind of. I love it. Um, let me see if I can find the picture for you, Mel. It should be. It was fairly recent. I think it was this week. He got a new helmet, uh, which is kind of crazy because he's for a goalie who historically goalies are really superstitious. That's probably something you wouldn't want to change up too much is your equipment. And we've seen him do it a couple times this year. Oh, I see his new helmet. Oh, my God. That is interesting. Do you not like it? I don't think so. Really? Really? <laughs> like it's, it's a cartoon dog wearing a top hat, wearing a wooden goalie stick riding on a bear. I don't know. It's it's definitely something. I like goalies changing <laughs> their helmets out it's a lot. Definitely something. <laughs> I like goalies changing their helmets out a lot because I mean, goalie helmets are cool, and they're yeah. the only position in hockey that can have their equipment literally airbrushed and personally designed exactly how they want to. And I think the coolest helmet that I've ever seen was the one that Linus Hallmark was rocking in Buffalo with the minions. Yeah. Oh yeah. When they, when they had like the the eyes with the goggles on above yep. his mask, I thought that was pretty cool. But these one this helmet, I don't know, man. I don't know if I'm uh I don't think I'm a fan of this one. Yeah. I don't, I don't know, my it. girl. I think it's kind of cool. cool. Hey, as long as he continues to play the way he's playing, I he could wear like uh like like freaking <laughs> he could, any No, I was going to never mind. <laughs> <laughs> he, he could put anything on his helmet, you know? I don't yeah. care what it is. He could put anything on it. Um, just keep he could play know, with a Spider-Man mask. Yeah. All yeah. right, we have we have another one. It looks like this one is also about Lena's Olmark's mask. Okay, so I'm not sure if y'all have recorded yet or not, but the mask is growing on me. Olmark's mask is growing on me. I just saw a video on Instagram. It's not. I take it back. I take it back. It's pretty cool. Yeah, you know, you I go. actually I actually kind of like Olmark's mask. 
it's growing on you too. It's growing on me. I think I take it back. No, you know, it it's definitely interesting. Um, I like how he personalized it, how he has his yes. dog up there. That's pretty cool. Um, and riding a whole bear, I think, is pretty interesting. But uh I don't know, man. There's just something about it that I isn't I'll have to well, look at it longer. There's something about it that just isn't sitting right with me. Honestly, any personal design that that goalies can do to kind of stand out i just think it's cool like not even taking Mm. away from or not even considering the way he's playing or you know anything like that i just think at any time if a goalie can kind of get a little creative with their masks and bring a little bit more not only like content but bring more personality into their style i think it's sick i think the nhl is getting better at things like this at kind of marketing their star guys and putting out more content uh, with those guys. Um, Cause in years before, like you, you, we never really got to see the inside of, or the inner workings of how hockey teams worked, or we didn't really get to see the personalities of certain players. Um, the NHL has lacked doing that in recent years. Obviously, you see leagues like the NFL and the NBA do a phenomenal job at that. That's why I'm not even a basketball fan in the slightest, and I still know I could probably name 15 to 20 basketball players right off the top of my head just because of the way that they market those guys. Um, so to see even something as small as Linus Allmark you know, customizing his mask and getting it shared on social media and being open to talking about it. It's a good thing for the league. It's a good thing for all And it's just a good thing all around. Um, and I like the design. I think it's pretty cool. You know what I think was cool? Uh, Swayman's helmet that he got for the Windsor classic when he had yeah. like almost like the pencil stitch of, uh, looks like Ted Williams, David Ortiz and Kurt Schilling. Mm-hmm. That is pretty cool. Um, but to each their own, but I love it because it, like I said, I mean, in the NBA, right, players can do all they want with their sneakers just about, and they can, you know, wear a different pair of shoes every night with all these cool colors and designs and stuff. Um, and it, even in the NFL, they can do the same thing with cleats or whatever, although I know they're really restrictive because they have really dumb rules. But like the NHL, I mean, when, when you look at like a skater's apparel, they can't do anything. Yeah. I mean, they can't – You, the only thing you can do crazy with your skates is like throw a pair of yellow laces on there or something. <laughs> um, your gloves, they have to be team color. You can have a tinted visor, but like nobody – except there was that guy who has a pink visor. I don't know. I don't remember who that was. I saw it on Twitter. But like Dude, the, the only yeah. – the only, the only thing about the tinted visors is that they can't go – like full tint like they used to be able to because Broder commented on Ovi's and said he couldn't watch his eyes when he's coming down. What a fed. Really? Like really, dude? Um, No, I don't remember who it was, but I I just saw it on Twitter, a player like last week who has a pink visor scored a goal. And I believe I saw that he has a pink visor because they're actually proven. The the shade of pink that his helmet is helps with uh, the lights for people who have concussion-like symptoms. And uh, And I thought that was kind of cool and of course you can't have the full tint advisor anymore but really and even goalie pads you can't go that crazy with the colors you have to stay team colors the only thing that they can kind of go crazy on is their helmets yeah. and to your point you're right i'm glad that omar did something really cool and personal that with his dogs on there riding some bears and i think it's pretty neat i like i mean it's still not my cup of tea and i still don't think it's the most attractive helmet but i think it's pretty damn cool the bruin i mean the nhl as a whole should do this whole like you said this whole marketing campaign around goalies helmets i mean you yeah. gotta be able to do something with that i would think honestly goalie helmets and goalie pads i feel like they can go 
and get so creative with those. But yeah, you know, they, yeah, should, they no. should do like knee hockey sets. Or yes. Oh my God. Yes. Like goalie equipment. I had a goalie like knee. Well, I, some people call them mini hockey. I always call it knee hockey. Yeah. I had knee hockey goalie equipment when I was a kid. So cool. But it was just like all straight blue. Uh, I don't even remember the brand name. But like if you're telling me that there's like a Linus Olmark knee hockey set out there where like they like the helmet looks like his goalie helmet and even like the pads and the blocker like the same color scheme man six-year-old nick would have been all over that are you kidding me i would have been down there at pure hockey in the first day buying boxes of that shit dude 15 year old michael would have been all over that (laughs) 24 year old nick is all over that hey god it got really cool when uh, the knee hockey sticks <laughs> went from just like the, the bendy plastic and then all of a sudden it was like actual real hockey sticks that they just shrunk down. Yeah, those that, composite that was, ones. I remember I went, I bought one at uh, Play Against Sports. They had a uh, Reebok O-Stick knee hockey stick. And yep. I mean, the stick was maybe three feet tall and it looked and felt like a like a, an actual hockey stick like it had the holes in it that the o stick did it was so cool i remember i was when i was checking out and i was buying it i was maybe eight or nine at the time and i was shitting my pants because i i you know i'm oh i'm any little kid hates buying stuff going up to the register because you have to talk to the guy and it was so weird so i was already kind of shitting my pants and this guy was like oh what do you got there and i was like oh it's a it's a knee hockey stick and he was like oh don't you think you're you know it's a little too small for you and I was like, and I was like, no. What do you mean? This is for me. He was like, was oh, it for like your like your little brother or something? I was like, no. What do you mean? This is for me. And I, I remember he could not grasp like going on your knees and using it as a knee hockey stick. Like it was a foreign concept to him. Is and, this guy? Is this guy like like as if anybody on earth is going to be able to skate with that thing and have it be like yeah. uh, good size? <laughs> He was like, listen, but uh, you might want to go in the back. We have uh, human-sized sticks back there. I don't think you're going to be able to get much done with that little stick in your hand. And it was a whole thing. But, um, yeah, I think that would be a great way to help market and grow the game to yeah. have some branded, like, knee hockey set equipment. I think that would be kind of cool. But the – so the guy with the pink visor, uh, Morgan Geeky of the Seattle Kraken. Mm. Yep. Yep. It yeah, I think, I think he was the one who said that it helps with uh, – concussion like symptoms and if that's the case maybe we'll see more of them around the nhl i know because they're always trying to do stuff like that i know the nfl they have this thing that looks like a wishbone from like a turkey that goes around your neck and it's a u-shape it doesn't go in the front of your neck it wraps around the back and actually pinches um like some arteries in your neck or some shit Mm -hmm. to like slow the blood flow to your brain and it either i'm not a doctor and I never claimed to be, but it either enlarges your brain a little bit or it shrinks your brain a little bit. And it helps what? when you get hit, when you get hit and you're like, your brain doesn't bounce around as much or some shit. You have like a little extra padding because you don't get as much blood flow to your brain and it helps with concussions. And it's pretty popular. A lot of running backs wear them. A lot of linebackers wear them. It's a brand new thing. Hmm. Now that I'm saying it out loud, I would assume that it would enlarge your brain a little bit. So you get, yeah. you get some more padding, but um, that's something that the NFL is doing. And if this is a real thing in the NHL where these um, pink visors help with concussion, like symptoms or dulling out the lights, you might see more of them around the NHL. Yeah, uh, definitely something they should look into. But um, I do want to mention as well, uh, BNG, obviously black and gold productions. Um, we, 
partnered up with them and the something's brewing podcast hopefully the only bruins podcast um short shift and um halts on hockey the black and gold hockey podcast we are having a black and gold soiree yeah we're having a soiree we're having a black and gold watch party um, at Funky Murphy's in Marlboro, Massachusetts on April 1st for the, I believe it's the Pittsburgh Penguins game. Uh, let me just double check that really quick. And this isn't an April Fool's joke, right? Not an April Fool's joke. It is on April 1st, though. Yeah. So the three o'clock matinee game um, against the Pittsburgh Penguins on April 1st, April Fool's Day. We're having a black and gold productions watch party at Funky Murphy's in Marlboro, Massachusetts. Um, get there for around 1 o'clock. Um, beers are going to be flowing. Food is going to be cooking out of the kitchen. Um, and show up in some black and gold gear. Wear a jersey, wear a shirt, wear some hats. Um, let's get rowdy and watch this team kind of roll and get ready for the playoffs. Um, it'll, yeah, and it'll if- be a fun way to meet all you guys. And if hanging out with us and uh, who'd you say the fellows from the short shift pod short shift, hopefully only Bruins, um, the black and gold hockey podcast and um, halts on hockey. Yeah, I believe I also heard that uh, Mark said that all drinks are on him. So <laughs> come on down, bring your friends. Don't bother bringing any cash or card because Mark's got us all <laughs> So it should be a fun time. <laughs> yeah, I'll definitely buy you guys a beer. Um, but yeah, come down, uh, plan for that. It's a Saturday. So hopefully, um, a good majority of you guys will have work off as it is. I already put in my uh, time off request, so I should be good to go to that, but we're trying to get numbers down so that we can let the, um, the owners know at least kind of a rough number of how many people we're expecting to go down. But I mean, hell Saturday matinee game, three o'clock. Um, and a shitload of Bruins fans down at the bar having some beers, talking bees, and just kind of what could be better than that? Other. What could be better than that? And um, you don't have to deal with the with the Boston traffic on your way out. Yeah, you're in by Central Mass. By the way, Mister West Virginia, if you want to come up, we definitely have nested up here. So you can. That's see. true. You might want to leave now, though. I don't know how long the drive is from West Virginia <laughs> to Massachusetts. Yeah. I mean, you'll definitely see some Dale Arnold if you come up here. But um, <laughs> Dale yeah, here. dude. Actually, I want him to come because I want to see that that you you saw the jacket he made, right? It was the like jacket. the half and half. Yes, yes, I dude, did. That thing is sick. I would not mind if he could make me one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah. So everybody who's interested, um, Funky Murphy's, Marlboro, Massachusetts. Um, you can get to Marlboro through any major highway in in the state of Massachusetts. Uh, it's kind of the hub of of the interstate. <laughs> um, second but, most hotel rooms in the state. Humble brag. Yeah, actually, the Marlboro, Mass, home of the biggest ice hockey rink complex in North America. Also the, home of the 2016 Metro West Cup champs. Marlboro Pennant. <laughs> but, um, yeah, uh, come down, plan for that. Come come hang out with all of us. Come watch the game with all of us. Um like like downtown Boosie Nick likes to say, no beer is safe, and no oh, beer, yeah. no beers will be safe on that day. It's a bad day to be a beer. Hey, but if you are traveling up to Marlboro for this, and you live a good distance away, and you're planning on drinking, please make sure you stay safe and get a hotel room. Uh, like Nick just mentioned, what was what was it? Marlboro second what? most hotel rooms in the state. Yeah, Marlboro Mass. Um, so there's plenty of rooms. Um, nothing crazy. 
um, you know, price wise, it's all pretty reasonable. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a blast. So we'll be putting more details about that up on our Twitter, up on our social medias. And I think that we should uh, – I want to send us off with this message. I just realized that we forgot to play this earlier from our good friend, good fan of the show, Melinda. You can follow Melinda. her on Twitter, at Melinda underscore paints. She sent us a video the other day, and I wanted to play it. Hello. Hey, there's not much to DM about. I mean, we're all wicked happy about the results that Sweeney made. So go Bruins. Um, we can sing ba ba a to see instead of the Wachusets <laughs> ad. But other than that, go something's Bruins. Go Bruins. Hell yeah. <laughs> Actually, I love the the but 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 Bertuzzi. Yeah. Oh no, wait, that's O'Reilly's. Oh, I did it. I just mixed it with O'Reilly. <laughs> I mixed it with O'Reilly's. What? What? What you said? What you said? Bur, bur, Bertuzzi. Yeah, dude. The one, the uh, one tooth, no tape bandit. Yeah. Oh my god, this team is unreal. I can't wait till everybody's healthy and we see a Hall, Coil, and Bertuzzi line. Oh my. Oh my god. god. And then you got Hathaway, Frederick, and Felino. If he's Stop back. Stop it. Then you got the Grizzly father and son duo on the on the Zamboni between periods, <laughs> tending to the rank. Chucking t-shirts into the crowd. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, feel like, I feel I'm like I feel like the Grizzly senior has quite the cannon. He probably does, dude. But I'm just kidding. Obviously, Matt Grizzlick is a giant part of the team. He's going to mm-hmm. be huge coming down the stretch. Yeah, I wonder um, if they're going to start sprinkling him in there, leading up yeah. to the uh, playoff. If I don't, he's not going to be on the bench every single night. I imagine he would start getting some reps in there too to keep him fresh for the playoffs. Yeah, they definitely could. I mean, you could even see Montgomery stay with this rotation system too between Grizzlick and Clifton and and whoever else he decides to scratch. But you know, mm-hmm. the only time will tell with that. Um, either way, the defensive depth is crazy. The offensive depth is crazy. The goaltending situation that the Bruins have right now is insane. Um, and you know, the team is firing on all cylinders. They are one win away from 50. They stand right now at a record of 49, eight and five by far and away. The best team in the NHL. The second closest team to them is Carolina and 90 points. The Bruins have 103. So, I mean, Jesus Christ. <laughs> the team is playing at a completely different level. The boys level are buzzing. Right boys are, the boys, there needs to be a new word. The boys are doing something better than buzzing. But, um, hey, something's brewing. Something's brewing, dude. But, <laughs> hey, with that being said, this was episode 33 of the Something's Brewing podcast. As always, we are brought to you in partnership with the Black and Gold Productions LLC. You can follow them on Twitter at BNG Productions. You can follow myself on Twitter at underscore Mike Sullivan. You can follow Nick on Twitter at Nick Melanson underscore. And you can follow our Something's Brewing podcast account at Bruin something. The boys are buzzing right now. Um, There's 20 games left in the season and we are inching closer and closer every day to what we've all been waiting for all season long and that is the Stanley Cup playoffs. The road to the Stanley Cup. Time to bring the Stanley Cup back to Boston. It's been too long since the Bruins have held that title. 2011, that's far too long far too long um but uh yeah with that all being said this is episode 33 of the something's brewing podcast we'll catch you guys next week
by I bit my tongue so hard. I can feel like the abrasion. Oh, it feels weird. Ow! And All I right, cut my go. finger open yesterday. I've been having a rough couple of days. I gave myself a nasty paper cut, but here we go. Start up slinging that mail, baby. Yeah, oh my god, dude, it's brutal. You never know. I could lose a finger. Uh, <laughs> you could. Good. All right, twenty-seven minute mark. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit <laughs> <laughs>